Hi everyone, I'm Sarah Halbert, and you're listening to MedStud Memoirs. This week, I interviewed Dr. Chantelle Messier. I have a PhD in British Literature from the University of Connecticut, and right now I have been an adjunct professor of writing for Roger Williams University for two years. About her experience with postpartum depression. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. So in a few words, just to get started, can you describe how your pregnancy just generally went for you and Phil? Yeah, so health-wise, it was a very normal pregnancy. It actually went quite well. There were no mental health red flags in the pregnancy, but I was worried about postpartum depression because I do have depression. So I did ask my doctor, you know, is there anything I can do? Is there any way I can assess my risk for postpartum? But at the time he said, no, there's not really a way we can assess that. He just advised me to have a good support network. And if you don't mind telling us how long had you had depression for? When did you get that diagnosis? I was diagnosed with depression probably in my very early teens. Just for context, how had you been managing that before you were pregnant? I had seen therapists occasionally, um, and I had, before I started trying to get pregnant, I was on Prozac, and that was going pretty well, and then I got off Prozac when I started trying to get pregnant, because it was this considered the safe thing to do, and, uh, and I, yeah, I considered my depression pretty well managed at that point, um, but it was definitely a factor in my life before I got pregnant. So you mentioned that postpartum depression was already on your radar as something you needed to be aware of. What kind of brought that onto your radar initially? I'm not sure. I just, I I read up a lot about like mental illness in the mind. So it's something I know I must have heard before. But actually during my pregnancy, I then found out that several people I knew had gone through postpartum depression and that didn't talk to me about it until I was pregnant myself. Did they give you any reasons for why... They hadn't talked about it, just it hadn't come up? Um, in both cases, one case was my friend, one case was my aunt. I think both of them had felt very guilty. Their postpartum had manifested as feeling like not connected with their baby, not bonded. So they just felt like something was wrong with uh, their maternal instincts. or So they felt so guilty they didn't end up talking about it. And in both cases, they didn't really realize that it had probably been postpartum depression until much later. And what was your understanding of what postpartum depression was before your own experience? Because I know you said you had read up on it a little bit. Yeah, I went and read up on it when I was pregnant just because I was worried about it. So my understanding was that it can often just cause you not to feel connected with your baby and not to feel like uh, sort of that immediate feeling of love you feel like you're supposed to have for your baby. Um, and feeling a lot of, like, weepiness. I didn't really anticipate the kind of postpartum depression I would end up having, because it was maybe not the typical story or the stereotypical story. Do you mind running through your story? Sure. Um, in the hospital, the first night after having my son, um, I already was starting to have symptoms of postpartum depression. I had tried to start breastfeeding him, And the the nurse who came in to try to help me with that was very um, 
kind of nasty and not very personable and she made me feel bad and I didn't succeed at breastfeeding him and she was not like very understanding about it so I was already feeling upset about that and just in general I started having these like oh my god I just had a, a baby and I don't know how to take care of him what am I supposed to do this kind of overwhelmed feeling um, and throughout the night for the two nights I was in the hospital I would wake up and be very sure I heard my baby crying. And even if I could confirm he was laying in my husband's arms next to me sleeping, I would feel like I'm very sure I hear him. Um, so I, I didn't sleep well in the hospital at all. And I just felt sort of like everyone was congratulating me, but I sort of felt secretly like inadequate. Um, so I, I did have somebody come in and talk to me. She was, um, a nurse asking about my difficulty with sleeping and uh, I told her about hearing the baby crying and she was actually I was very fortunate to have her as a nurse she 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 immediately identified that, he, that those were auditory hallucinations that could be caused by stress so I was thinking like I'm just like oh I'm just hearing things and she's the first one to identify it and say no that's that could be a high stress psychological response so she hooked me up with a social worker and a psychologist who could come and talk to me in the hospital. And then they set me up with, you call it a therapy or counseling group that specialized in women postpartum. So by the time I left the hospital, I had an appointment set up with someone who could see me about my postpartum depression. And, and I know that you had been kind of anticipating that that was something you might run into. What did you feel when she actually said, oh, this might be what you're going through? Like, was there any sort of change in your perspective or thought process? Or, or were you still kind of in the same frame of mind? Um, I don't think there was a big change in it. I think once the depression started setting in, it was very obvious that that's what it was. After coming home from the hospital, what were you struggling with the most on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, so it was kind of a cluster of things. One of those things was definitely um, not succeeding with breastfeeding. That was like a huge trigger, a huge source of frustration. Um, another thing was just the lack of sleep. That's so common when you have a new baby and it was compounded by anxiety. So not only could I not sleep when the baby was crying, I'd also not be able to sleep because I'd often think he was crying or be worried he's going to cry. I actually had to get rid of the baby monitor because the sound of him even making little noises in his sleep would just wake me right up. Um, so a lot of anxiety about that. And then I'd say kind of like an identity crisis. So the sense that, you know, before I had my child, I was all these different things. You know, I was a writer and a teacher and a scholar and involved in graduate student government and had pretty solid identity. And then after he was born, I felt like I had lost track of that identity, that there had been kind of a blow to my identity. How long did you take off for maternity leave? I had six weeks. Um, but I, after those six weeks, I had Christmas break. So I had an additional month. So that ended up being 10 weeks. Okay. And what, remind me, what year in your PhD program were you at the time? I had two years left to go. I was, I was doing my dissertation at the time. Were you teaching as well um, or just writing? Or maybe I had, sorry, I had one year left to go. And I was, uh, I was teaching as well as working on my dissertation. So 
Who did you follow up with first when you, after you'd left the hospital? So I saw a psychiatrist um, at this women's specialized um, uh, group, and she sent me as well to a, a talk therapist. Okay. Who I actually still see. And what approach did your psychiatrist want to take to your care? Yeah, she definitely was. She had a really, I think, good and personable approach to this. She definitely engaged me with talking about my support networks and, you know, kind of asking me about who I could pull in for extra help, trying to reassure me that it was okay to be asking for help. She did a lot of just assuring me that this was normal, talking about what other women might experience talking about the aspects of parenting and the stress of parenting that's normal. So she helped normalize some of the crisis mode I was in. Um, she also got me on lorazepam for anxiety and to help me settle down at night. And she got me on an antidepressant. And how did those work for you? Were they, did they work well? Yeah, they definitely helped. They, they took some time to help though. Um, before that happened, I kind of went into a major crisis and this was only maybe a couple of weeks after my baby was born. I just was crying 100% of the time. It seemed like I was either sleeping or crying 100% of the time. Um, I did not want to take care of my son. I didn't feel a lack of love for him the way that sort of like you hear in the stereotypical narrative of postpartum. Um, I felt like I actually loved him so much that every time I looked at him, I started crying but I just felt incapable of taking care of him. And uh, like this had been a horrible decision. So my mother ended up stepping in, taking care of him. My husband stepped in, took care of him while pretty much I cried and slept until finally, um, after like several days of that, my mom called my psychiatrist herself and said, I've got to, you know, talk to you. And luckily the psychiatrist understood, I guess that most of the time it's spouses or parents who recognize the signs of postpartum um, so she talked, was very willing to talk to my mom and then talk to me on the phone. Um, and she recommended the uh, Women and Infants Day Hospital for postpartum depression. And that's kind of the intervention that got me building back to, to better mental health. And so is that a specialized center near you? Uh, yeah, it deals specifically with postpartum depression and other postpartum or prepartum mental illness and it's unique in that it's a day hospital so you come in the morning you can bring your baby with you they encourage you to do that there's facilities to take care of your baby and people to help and then you leave at night so it kind of normalizes your life and it doesn't separate you from your baby and make you feel like you've just been locked away in a mental hospital so you kind of touched a little bit tangentially on your interactions with your son. I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on how your day-to-day struggle with postpartum depression influenced or um, impeded your ability to interact with him. Hmm. In my case, I wouldn't say that it did very much because I didn't feel that lack of connection. It did, I think, just inject a lot of stress into interacting with him. I think in retrospect, maybe I could have breastfed if I had been less anxious about failing, you know, and and had just waited a little longer and not, not pinned so much on it. I could have, you know, obviously gotten more sleep and just been able to be more attentive taking care of him. But for the most part, I played with him. I cuddled him, um, except for those few days when I was in the worst kind of crisis. 
And did your postpartum depression put any strain on your relationship with your husband? And were there any strategies or coping mechanisms that worked really well for you too, or that didn't work so well for you too? Um, I don't know that it put strain on our relationship. He was very, very patient and understanding, um, but I felt tremendous guilt about the amount that he had to help me. So I think there was strain on my end anyway. And I would just say the supportiveness was super important. Um, having him be able to step in and do the things that I felt like were my, somehow my responsibility as the mother, um, that was super key to me getting the space I needed to recover and be able to be an, become an active parent, you know, instead of kind of staying in that space of guilt and anxiety forever. Still moving through sort of your support network, did you talk about this a lot with the people in your support network, with your family, or was this sort of something you you didn't talk about until kind of after? Um, I did talk very freely with my support network and my family about it, um, but that's kind of, that's the attitude I had already had about mental illness. You know, I'd already been very clear with my husband and then very open with my family about my mental illness. And did that help you work through it in any way? Or was it just more kind of how you uh, generally interact? So it it was kind of habitual. Um, It definitely helps to be able to talk about it. Um, It helps to be able to hear, um, especially the stories of other women who had gone through the stresses of childbirth and having a new baby and just hear over and over that this is normal, this is normal, that things change, it gets better. Um, Yeah, it really helped. And I know that there's kind of a stigma about postpartum depression, to say the least. Did you ever actually run into anybody who obviously judged you for having postpartum depression? I don't think so, because I think the only people who would have known was my closest family and the people at the day hospital who obviously, you know, weren't judging. So how did your care sort of shift um, as you started going to the day hospital? Who are you meeting with and and sort of how did your plan for care adapt from what you had discussed with your psychiatrist before? So they got me on, I think, higher doses of antidepressant and they actually got me with the, with, they collaborated with my psychiatrist as well. So they were in touch with her and they decided to get me on clonopin as a stronger, um, stronger anti-anxiety med, a stronger aid to sleep. And, uh, they, they just, uh, let's see, I think I saw a psychiatrist once or twice while I was there. And more regularly, I saw like a a regular therapist who helped me with stuff that I wouldn't have expected her to help with, like calling, uh, and making a dentist appointment because I was freaking out that I was overdue for one, but I just couldn't pick up a phone or talking to me about the fact that my posture when I was holding my son was so nervous with my shoulders up around my ears that when I fed him, I was giving myself major neck problems and I was just in pain, like having migraines all the time. And, you know, she said, that's affecting your your mental health. It's affecting your ability to feel relaxed and okay. And, you know, just telling me to go down to the pharmacy and get some ibuprofen and start taking that regularly. So, yeah, so they, they looked at the bigger picture in a way I hadn't expected. And was that integration of care and sort of broad view of you and your health really something that helped you a lot? It sounds like it is, but, but can you? Yeah, it was. And I think the other thing that helped me that I really had not expected because I really was not looking forward to it was the group aspect 
that you're there with so many other women who are you know, very different from you and having very different issues. And the first day was like agony, embarrassing, like how do we talk to each other? No one wanted to talk. Um, but by the end of it, everybody, people were friends. I ended up making a friend there. People were exchanging email addresses and phone numbers. But hearing one another's stories just helped, I think, helped me feel so much more normal and helped me feel like by listening to other people, I can, can actually be helpful, which makes me feel so much more normal. So I know you mentioned you had a, you were working with the psychiatrist you saw first. Were you in touch still with your primary care physician from before? I actually didn't even have a primary care physician. Um, I had moved very late in my pregnancy and was just without any healthcare providers. Okay. Did you have a gynecologist that you were also talking to or was everything sort of through the center? Um, I did have an OBGYN and some midwives and I did see them after my pregnancy, but I didn't really talk too much about it. What kind of relationships then did you develop with basically a new team of people who are taking care of you or helping you work through your own care? Um, I think my my psychiatrist, Dr. Monzon, she was, you know, the one prescribing my medications, but she just felt like a major, like a touchstone for me. She was just had this very strong, very nurturing, very empath empathic, um, you know, able to relate, totally relate to how I felt and almost guess what I was thinking before I was thinking it. So she, and she kind of coordinated my care and I felt like I could be completely honest with her. And then the therapist that I saw to talk to um, just started helping me unpack all the guilt and anxiety and all these different feelings. So yeah, they were the main people that I worked with long-term. The people in the day hospital saw me for a short time, but then really um, they handed me over kind of to my, my therapist and psychiatrist. Did anything about anyone's approach to your care ever frustrate you? Or, or was there anything that you felt was truly remarkable and truly helpful? Yeah, kind of um, I would mind? say the only bad experience I had was with that first nurse who was the breastfeeding specialist, who was just so kind of, you know, didn't treat me like I was human. And after that, I felt like I was in good hands the whole time. And was there anything specific that they did, small or large, that kind of reinforced that to you and reassured you? Um, it was a really big deal to hear that I was being a good mother. You know, as simple as that sounds, I've noticed that a lot of the therapists who dealt with me made sure to remark on how I interacted with my son and praise me on, you know, giving him love and taking good care of him. And that meant a whole lot coming from a medical professional. You know, when you know, like, your mother or your husband's going to say, oh, you're a great mom. So that somehow it meant an awful lot. So moving forward, because you said you worked kind of going to the day hospital for a short period of time. How long were you um, seeing people there? Three, three weeks, I want to say, is the length of the program there. So is that an everyday program? I want to say five days a week. And then after you sort of finished your program there, how did you kind of proceed? I'm trying to think of exactly this transition. Um, I felt like I had a lot more tools to cope. I saw my psychiatrist, you know, right after leaving the day hospital program and kind of talked over the medication changes with her and she made sure everything was going okay with me. It was really key that I was still seeing my therapist because obviously those issues didn't just disappear. I just felt like I had a lot more tools to, to 
uh, cope, I guess. Can you describe in a little more detail where your frame of mind was leaving that program? I was a little, like almost a little reluctant to leave. I was kind of glad I was finishing, but at the same time, like you're being deposited back into your life. And my husband was working full time. So it meant that I'd be at home alone a lot with the baby, which was really intimidating. But I did feel like I left with a lot of coping skills and also having been given the permission to take better care of myself. And that was huge Um, because I know how to take care of myself, but I had felt like motherhood has now made me, you know, into somebody whose needs don't matter anymore. And so getting permission from health professionals to take time for myself and find ways to do self-care was key to kind of coping. And so did that mind frame or your reluctance to leave, did that sort of fall away as you entered your sort of next stage of care? Or were there some other things that popped up once you were no longer in this program? I think I started doing better. Um, I just adjusted the way I did things. I adjusted the way I spent my time. I spent a lot more time around other people um, at my mother's house, at my aunt's, my grandmother's house, so that I wasn't alone with my son all the time and isolated. So I started to be able to cope better and, you know, didn't have these crying episodes, really. I started sleeping a lot better and things just started improving. What were a couple, one or two examples of the things that you did to sort of maintain your self-health or to take care of yourself? Yeah, um, I, one thing I actually did that was, I really was glad I did was I scheduled a massage with some focused work on my neck and shoulders where I had been, my posture had just been messed up from pregnancy and carrying my body differently and also from holding a baby. And it just sort of reset things a little bit so that I could try to get into better practice And I used some yoga and breathing exercises to kind of help me stop when I was tensing up holding the baby or um, when I was having trouble sleeping at night. So those things definitely helped. And yeah, I guess being more honest with my husband when I just needed him to give me a couple hours to get out of the house and work at a coffee shop or go shopping or just do anything that was for me. So then... Can you describe kind of the rest of the course of your postpartum depression? How long did it take before you sort of started to feel a little less weighted down, if that makes any sense? Um, yeah, I think the the worst of it, I would kind of divide it into periods. So the real crisis period only lasted for the first um, maybe two months. So it was like this major crisis, but it was actually not very long lasting. And then I was kind of doing better slowly, slowly doing a little better every day. Um, But then I would still say that for the next year, I would say I was still experiencing postpartum depression in terms of still having a lot of depression, pregnancy or and or postpartum depression aggravated my existing Tourette syndrome, which was a complication that just added to things. Um, uh, trouble sleeping over the next year, a lot of, um, just had a lot to work through in terms of my anxieties and guilt about being a parent, my identity. Um, so yeah, that went on a surprisingly long time. And I would say I'm, I'm still a kind of a different person from that. So how are you doing now? It's been a couple of years and you say you're a little bit of a different person now. What do you mean by that? Um, I think it, it's impossible to really adjust to motherhood and, and with postpartum depression 
um, without feeling like you come out being somewhat different. I also feel, I feel like I have a lot more empathy for and sympathy for people who are struggling with postpartum depression now. Um, I, I feel like I try not to judge other parents because you, I really don't know what they could be going through. Uh, but as far as lingering mental health stuff, my Tourette syndrome, uh, I guess, which used to be pretty subtle and under control has been a bigger factor in my life since I had postpartum. How so? And, uh, so I kind of entered adulthood with my Tourette's being pretty well under control. It was never really a major case of Tourette's. It was just kind of messed up my middle school years. Um, but by the time I was an adult, it felt like a very subtle thing that most people never noticed that I did. But it, when I had postpartum depression, Tourette's started being much more noticeable. Um, the physical tics started, you know, interfering and bothering me a lot more. And that really has continued during periods of stress for the past three years. So taking a step back, did you experience during that sort of year when you were moving through this continuum of postpartum depression, did you experience any setbacks or things that you perceived as mental health setbacks? Yeah, I mean, I would say circumstances in my life becoming more stressful could always kind of cause uh, a little bit of a setback. So financial stresses, um, job stresses, obviously I was finishing a PhD. And so the last year of that is just full of strain and self-doubt and, you know, a lot of doing more work than you think is possible. And then the job market is no less stressful than that. So yeah, a lot of stressors that definitely made things harder. How did your postpartum depression affect your ability to work on your PhD and apply for jobs, if at all? Uh, by the time I had to apply for jobs, I wouldn't say postpartum depression was really a factor anymore or much of a factor. Um, but certainly finishing my dissertation was very hard, um, especially because I came back from my maternity leave having thought I was going to spend some of it at least, you know, editing chapters or, you know, trying to shop things out for publication. And I, you know, hadn't done any of that, obviously. I had basically taken the whole time as a mental health hiatus, which is very hard. I felt like I was trying to reintegrate into a working academic community when I had just spent 10 months down this rabbit hole. Did you feel like the academic community, at least in your case, was maybe not as forgiving as you had wished it would have been? I thought my department was very supportive about maternity in general, but I think it's hard for any community or any workplace to be, to understand postpartum depression. It's, you know, it's really common actually, but it's not a thing we talk about very much. And it's always hard, I feel like, to bring mental health issues into your employer because you're never quite sure what the response will be, um, especially because people are always worried that grad students in their last year of their doctorate are going to kind of go off the deep end. So you don't want to like kind of confirm every, anybody's suspicions. What, if anything, do you wish would become general knowledge about postpartum depression that, that you feel, I guess you wish that society at large kind of understood, accepted and was household available? Mm, um, okay. Yeah. A few things and maybe they're not all specific to postpartum depression. Exactly. Um, I do wish it was more general knowledge how just how many women get postpartum depression because it's so many more than I thought. 
and what postpartum depression is, because I think people very easily confuse it with things like postpartum psychosis and think like, oh, postpartum depression, isn't that where you drown your baby in a bathtub? And so that's like not what you want to share with anybody if they assume that and you don't want to have to give everybody a lesson on what it is and talk about your mental health. So yeah, I kind of wish that was more, it was more generally understood and accepted. And then just like more general things, I wish maybe it was more generally understood the way women's uh, minds and bodies change during pregnancy and then continue to be different after childbirth for a long time. Um, you know, my therapist and psychiatrist talked to me a lot about how during the months and during the year or two years after childbirth, your, your body and mind are still kind of reeling from the changes um, and I hadn't really realized that, I, and I don't think many people realize that. So with that in mind, what piece of advice as a patient would you want to give to the next generation of healthcare professionals? Or what would you want them to take away from your experiences or learn from your experiences that they could use in helping them be better doctors, better nurses, better um, physical therapists um, in treating the people that they're going to work with in the future? I guess the big things I took out of it were it's, it was so important to get validation that I was being a good parent um, from somebody with a degree, even though that seems so silly, like that's not their specialty, telling me I'm a good mom. Um, it was really important to get permission to take care of myself. Um, it was really important that they were tapping into my life situation and my my support network. Um, there were other women with me at the day hospital who were walking there every day because they didn't have a car or coming from an abusive household or, you know, had many other children at home that they could barely afford to feed. And I think if, if that had not been a factor in taking care of them, uh, it would have been pretty impossible to, to pretend to be treating their postpartum depression without considering um, their support network, their life situation and all that stuff. And so, yeah, that, and, and in my case as well, the help that I got with things like being anxious about making doctor's appointments or, um, you know, having muscle tension that was bothering me. Those little things um, meant a lot at that moment in my life. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, thank you. That's all for this week. Be sure to check us out on medstudmemoirs.com and to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.